you know, Earl's, Earl, Earl's chip, my chip, it says that we don't want to settle for just being, you know, what you guys have seen, you know, what the whole entire golf world has seen. Whatever we do, it's, it's, we want it to be different, whether it's a Jordan shoe, whether it's a party, whether it's Complex Con, or whether it's, you know, some collab that we have coming up. It always has to be different, and it always has to be different than what has been shown in the golf world, because that's the only way to make the game grow. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Golfer's Journal podcast presented by Titleist, the number one ball in golf. My name's Tom Coyne, senior editor at the Golfer's Journal. And today, joined by close friend, comrade, compatriot, coworker. Casey, I feel like I just need to say, how do you introduce yourself? Because in what we're about to listen to, that's how you introduce us to our really interesting guests from today. How does Casey Bannon introduce himself to the world? Um, I would introduce myself as a human, uh, a lover of golf, a friend of, of Tom Coyne, a general purpose Swiss Army knife or anything that goes on at the Golfer's Journal. I think that about about covers it you do you do have your hands in everything uh and one of the things you've had a, I've had a big role in is the broken tea society yes our, our, our server on discord where our our clubhouse in the clouds as i like to describe it uh which has really been taking off and if you're not a part of it yet subscribe jump on there there's a really there's just great conversations going on there really exciting things happening and we're having these member profiles, um, discussions, uh, live talks, uh, and we just had a really interesting one uh, that you emceed so good that we decided it should be a podcast. I think the Discord has been a real revelation and surprising the way it's affected my consumer habits. Like I'm, I'm on Twitter far less because Discord is so stimulating and there's so much going on and I can sort of categorize what I'm interested in and what I want to talk about. So some days, you know, there are discussions going on about the brain and golf and the Swing Thoughts channel. And some days we're talking about investing and literature. And so I've sort of, um, it's sort of a one-stop shop for everything and everybody that's related to Golfer's Journal. So, you know, it is free for all Golfer's Journal members. If you have a membership already, all you need to do is link your account on golfersjournal.com. So I hope to see, I'm seeing more and more people, you know, by the day make the switch. And once they do, uh, I feel like it, it's sort of instant the way it, it changes your, your media consumption. It's easy peasy. And it, and it really does that. That's well said. And like some of the stuff that you're going to find there that's going to keep you there is this conversation that we had recently that, again, that uh, this interview that that you did and, and Robbie jumped in as well with our friends Earl and Elijah on from Eastside Golf. How did you find your history with them goes back a ways? And we've actually had um, Earl on the pod to talk about Pas Palum Shadows, that story, which was a great discussion that you had. Uh, but this one was really fun because it got, I mean, it's inspiring to, to sort of see how this brand came about um, and sort of how it's shaking up golf and their story. And they're just 
it's one of those great conversations you come away from. You're like, I just I want to play golf with these guys. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that that was my impression for sure. Yeah. You know, when you, I spend a lot of time just kind of surveying the golf landscape. Um, and so it's very you see these sort of golf startup brands. I'm sure you see a lot on Instagram and on the social medias start up and a lot of them fizzle out pretty quickly. I mean, I don't think people realize the type of time and effort and consistency it takes to build a following. So I, I was just fans of these guys when they had a few hundred followers and I was receiving notifications and, and just sort of seeing them pop up on the space. So this conversation that you're about to hear sort of tracks all of that and it really is inspiring when you think about it i mean these guys Olajuwon, as you'll hear created a logo to represent himself and to support his professional golf career instead of going to find outside sponsors so the brand itself is rooted in this sort of noble cause this independent cause and then what happens after is just sort of like you know, this sort of American dream story, this this um, entrepreneurial success story where you have some of the biggest stars in the world wearing your clothes and all of it happens yeah. in a span of two years. It's sort of insane to think about to get it's to the crazy. to get to the point where Michael Jordan gives you the stamp of approval to um, redesign one of his classic silhouettes. That doesn't happen anywhere. Uh, it doesn't happen in fashion. It doesn't happen in sport. It doesn't happen in culture. But it happened right here in our little corner of the golf world. So I think it's important that we talk about it. Extraordinary story. You're really going to enjoy this, and it's coming in just a minute. But first, Casey, it's the holiday season. I want to know what is on your list this year. I know you've been you've been very good. Um, I don't know about that, but I don't know if you've seen the events calendar. There's a lot of them. There's going to be a lot of golf played in 2022. Huge, huge year. I have about two golf balls left. Um, They both have seen combat. I need golf balls. And uh, uh, the Pro V1X specifically. The Pro V1X for you? Pro V1 for me. And yet we still get along so well. So the number one ball in golf, everyone remember, it is the gift-giving season, the number one ball in golf. It's also the number one gift in golf. Uh, Titleist balls are the perfect gift for the golfers on your list. Give the Pro V1, Pro V1X. Maybe the Pro V1 Left Dash, if you want to be, you know, a little something. Someone's been extra good this year. Or AVX, of course, a great ball. Uh, Pro V1's the greatest combination of distance, spin, and feel in the game, and the best choice for most golfers. Casey's Pro V1X provides a little higher flight and a firmer feel. Left Dash for distance flies higher than the V, a little lower than the X, which is cool. And the AVX is the lowest flying of the bunch. So there you got it. Uh, now we know uh, which ball is right for the golfer in your life. Get out there. Get some golf balls under the tree. I'm never disappointed when I get golf balls. No. I'm only it, disappointed when I get the wrong ball. It's like so, un- underwear and golf balls are like the best, uh, the two best stocking stuffers, I feel like. Uh, there's something I'm going to use and something I don't want to buy for myself. Exactly. And you know you've gotten to a point in your life when underwear and socks is like <clears throat> a good gift. And some other great brands for Christmas, of course. Uh, thanks for all their continued support of the Golfer's Journal. And that's Link Soul, Footjoy, Oakley, Links and Kings, and Scotty Cameron. And hey, how about Eastside Golf as well? We're gonna now we're gonna turn it over to their founders, Earl and Elijah Wan, our friends on this podcast that we're calling Eastside Story, and it is quite a story indeed. I'm gonna start with Elijah Wan. Designer, pro golfer, 
business founder. What does your resume look like and how do you go about introducing yourself to people? Goodness. Well, first off, thanks for having me. <laughs> Golfers Journal is definitely one of my, you know, favorite top picks for reading. I know it comes out, you know, what is it every quarter? It is. It is quarter. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely do read through that. Yeah, so I was born in uh, Houston, Texas. No relation to Akeem Olajuwon, <laughs> but uh, named after him. Okay. I moved to at East Atlanta when I was uh, two years old, and I started playing golf when I was six years old. I played golf all the way through, you know, middle school, high school, junior golf, and then end up getting a uh, well, end up quitting the. Uh, basketball team my senior year of high school to pursue golf full time end up getting a uh a golf scholarship to Morehouse College and that's where I met my my business partner Earl Cooper and we were business we were teammates at mm -hmm. Morehouse and we won a national championship there in 2010 and after we graduated he went his way to become a PJ professional I went my way I turned pro in golf I did that for a couple of years and just didn't work out, you know, won a couple of mini tour events, but just wanted enough to sponsor myself. So I was just like, yo, like, what do I need to do to sponsor myself? Start looking for sponsors over the uh, over those two years. And I mean, I did decks, pitches. I mean, I did it all myself. No help. Mm -hmm. You know, and it just got to a point where, you know, like, this is enough. Like, I need to pursue my corporate career. You know, I, I did four years in college. My major was accounting, minor in finance. So I was in finance for about eight or nine years and was about to become VP at a finance firm out of San Diego called Balboa Capital and got home one day and was just like, this isn't it. I want to play golf. Mm -hmm. And so first things first, I want to play golf. Let me just make a logo that looks like me. So the logo that everybody sees, you know, jeans uh sweatshirt cuban link chain it was just supposed to be me and it was just supposed to represent me and one thing led to another i showed it to earl he was just like yo put that on the t-shirt put it on the t-shirt it was just supposed to go on my polo in my bag and put on the t-shirt i went downtown detroit which i was living at for the past five years and i maybe got stopped about 70 or 80 times you're like who are you what's your logo where can i get it and do you play golf? Those are the continuous questions, like over and over. Got back home. I went to Earl. And I was like, we de well, I definitely have something. I don't know what to do with it, but I definitely got something. Let's push it. And he was doing his own thing corporate wise. So I took it upon myself. I ended up making sweatshirts, T-shirts, socks, uh, lapels, accessories, umbrellas, and end up starting a company June 2019 but started selling all of those things November 2019. And November 2019 to February 2020, I sold out about six times. And, yeah. you know, I, the first 2,000 orders, it went right out of my apartment in Detroit, right <laughs> off of Jefferson Avenue, you know? And that let me know that, I mean, I, bas I definitely had something that was to be, con I mean, to be messed with in the golf world. You know, and so I kept pushing it, kept pushing it. And so I told Earl, yo, let's go down to the PGA show. Like, let's see what the golf world actually thinks about it. We know what, you know, culture thinks about it. We know what people in Detroit think about it. But let's see what the golf world thinks about it. But before I pass it on to Earl, I mean, I um, 
I started the company because, like I said, I turned pro in golf, but I couldn't find the funds. The whole thing was, why not start a company that could fund my golf career? Mm. You know, instead of at, keep asking for sponsors here and there, and you know the 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 decks, the pitching, the I was doing all of that. Instead of asking, why not? You know, ask them to invest in a company that they can see dividends in, and yeah. that I could see myself actually prospering in. But I'll let Earl take it from there. But well, it's yeah. really it's really the independent model, right? So instead of going out to find a sponsor that slaps a logo on your bag. You create a logo and sell it and slap it on your own bag. Correct. Um, and that's the, I think the most, the craziest part of all that is that's two years ago, you know, and you fast forward yeah. today and you, you've, you know, you've got a, your logo on, on a Jordan next to the Jordan logo on a golf shoe. So mm -hmm. hold, hold there. I want to rewind to Earl because Earl's resume is also very lengthy and also very confusing uh, to the, um, to anybody like if he threw it up on LinkedIn or indeed they, they would say he's lying. He's, he's been a caddy. Uh, he was, you, you both won a national championship at Morehouse college. Mm -hmm. um, you were a top uh, PGA coach under 40 and you've also worked in uh, Delaware Congress. Do I have that correct? Or is it the Senator's office? No, it was the mayor's office, the mayor's office, excuse the mayor's me. Office. Mm -hmm. And, and so I'm sorry what, to cut you off. There were uh, three or four children's books written by Earl as well. And his children's book author. Thank you. I knew I, I forgot <laughs> something. So, so how does Earl Cooper introduce himself? And where does, where does Earl start in the, how does he come into play in the East Side story? Yeah, um, that's a good question. How do I introduce myself? I mean, I think overall, I leave with just me being myself as Earl, right? And mm -hmm. then I think... Um, you have these these things that you know I've been able to do in life and feel very blessed and fortunate. Um, you know, kind of very similar upbringing to Elijah Wong, starting the game at a very early age, getting exposed to it through an inner city youth golf program. Um, my father just signed me up, and you know, from there, my story was not like you know I felt like what I was kind of in the industry. People are like, oh, I the golf ball instantly fell in love and that wasn't it for me like I was hitting it good but at the same time I'm still trying to focus on like you know, I'm a kid so I'm like where are all my friends at where are the people that look like me at you know why you know why why isn't my best friend here or why isn't my friends from school here but it wasn't until I ended up winning the golf channel drive chip and putt and for me you know winning locals winning regionals and going to nationals free trip to Disney World on TV that's kind of love when the light bulb went off for me like man you know they're are doors and opportunity that can be unlocked through the game of golf but i had no idea of them and i don't think anyone in my family did because just no one had played golf before especially at that high level so mm -hmm. you know um was able to you know have a you know the things that you guys mentioned as far as in the golf career was able to do a lot in that space but always wanted to seek more you know i think that's where the children books come into play and ironically enough, when I was named Golf Digest, one of the best teachers in America in 2016, and I'm working at Wilmington Country Club, which they actually the home of the BMW Championship coming up this year, mm -hmm. I decided to leave the industry and take an appointed position in the mayor's office. So I think for me, I've always um, been open to uh, betting on yourself and, uh, you know, being more than whatever someone may try to put you in a box, right? So for me, it's like being more than a golfer. Um, it's something that I am passionate about 
and you know constantly try to prove to myself but i think that's 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 me well and it's important to note that you're you're 32 and 31 years old it's not like right. you've had it's not like you've had a, a a lifetime to put all these sort of experiences together so it's all happened rather quickly i want to jump back to the pga show elijah mm-hmm. one because you said mm-hmm. That you were in, and this is where I met you. You said that you were interested in what the golf world thought of you. What what did the golf world? What did you come away from the PGO PGA show thinking that the golf world thought of you? Honestly, I thought that the golf world thought it was like. I mean, we got so many times we people were walking up to us saying, "Finally, you know, finally somebody's bringing to the golf world a logo that says." I can be myself. I mean, a lot of people saw the logo and they said to us, damn, I feel like I can be myself, you know, mm-hmm. like with a swing, oh, with a swing, with a chain swinging the other way. Mm-hmm. Then the golf club, it says, yo, like, I'm just going to go out there and do my thing. It doesn't matter what I have on. It doesn't matter, you know, who I'm playing with. It doesn't matter who I'm playing in front of. I can just be myself. And the PGA world or PGA golf or golf world in general, they loved it. I'm going to be honest. I mean, we had women, older white women, that were walking up to us that own golf clubs. They were just like, yo, like we would love to carry your brand in our, in our country club, you know, I mean, out in the middle of like Wisconsin somewhere, you know, and it's like, damn, what have you been missing? What have you been looking for? And even, you know, older white women, older, older white men, we've seen and literally they said we've been looking for something different, you know. And when we went there, they literally confirmed it. And also moving forward, they said, yo, we would love to work with you. We want to see the golf world in that same area. And we want to see, you know, a golfer actually wear this clothing. You know, what would that look like? All of our. Uh, all of our members wearing it plus a professional golfer wearing it plus you know maybe nfl mlb and nba players wearing it you know it would just make it so hot and it would push the actual game of golf forward and that's what i got from everybody at the at the pga show elijah did that pga show kind of change your mind from this brand is for me to make money and then go pro with that money as a professional golfer to this brand is like kind of what I'm doing with my life at this point um it it well honestly it didn't it felt when I started the brand it felt like the right thing to do I wasn't really worried about how many people approved or how many people said this was what golf was missing it was more of this is what I wanted to see and this is what I felt like a younger Earl would have wanted to see when we were younger, you know, a younger Olajuwon, younger Earl would have wanted to see period. And so moving forward, you know, looking at the younger generation, you know, I saw the logo and they hit me up. And when they saw the logo, they were just like, yo, I want to work so hard at golf. I want to be half of what you guys are. And it's just like, wow, you know? So, yeah. They felt inspired. They felt motivated. They felt like this is what they wanted to do with their life because of a logo. I mean, it's it's empowering. Well, the you know the logo is. Um, I think it's powerful because, as you said, it represents you um, or this idea of, 
of being yourself, right, within the mm -hmm. golf space. And why I think that it's continued to be successful and powerful is that you, you've then gone about living out that logo, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, the, when we talk about lifestyle brands, the lifestyle element is very important. So if you follow you guys on social media, you are out on the golf course. You are wearing what you want. You are um, uh, at Live Nightclub and other lavish places around the world uh, <laughs> with bottle service. It looks mm -hmm. incredibly exciting. So, uh, <laughs> um, you know, as a, as a leader of a lifestyle brand, um, how important is that to sort of live your truth and then project it out to the rest of the world? I mean, it's honestly, it's, in, it's incredibly important to, I mean, it's one of our mottos. It's our, just do it is be authentic. Mm. You know, I mean, I want, and Earl wants, and our brand wants you to be yourself. I mean, a lot of times, um, culture or different ethnicities are not welcome out onto the golf course because they feel like they're not comfortable or they can't be themselves out on the golf course. So with our logo, you know, either our polo or our sweatshirt or our socks, I mean, down to our lapel pin, mm -hmm. it's saying that, yo, like you can take this piece and say, I want to be myself. And truly when you wear it, act like yourself, you mm -hmm. know, like, truly go out there and hit good golf shots i mean literally make as many birdies as possible shoot 68 like i just did the other day and <laughs> but but continue to be yourself talk the way that you do i mean and be where you're from you know i mean i know a lot of people want to do the whole hip-hop and culture thing and but it's like i mean that's not that's not where you're where you're from i mean how much sense does it make? I want I want to <laughs> see people in their element. You know, I want to be I want to see people be authentic. Like our like our motto says, uh, it, the more people be authentic, the more the further I believe that our brand would actually go. Well, uh, maybe Earl can answer this or, or either of you. But as has there been a time in the past two years? Um, where people have discouraged you from from trying to be authentic yeah i think you know we get opportunities um to work with brands and and, and individuals right that may not represent what we what we embody um and so we try to make sure that you know we make sure that it's something that we really do so there has been things that we've turned down um just because it necessarily didn't align to us right so it's like hey you guys weren't doing that way before and now, you know, now all of a sudden, you know, you're doing that and it's because of a check. And so we try to really make sure that, you know, the, the things that we do and the partnerships that we sign and the people that we're around, you know, one, they're, they're partners. You know, we just don't try to really just do something because it's hot or because it's trendy. We really want to have a kind of a long term commitment strategy um, and really, you know, remain authentic, obviously. There's room for evolution. There's room for growth in that, right? As anything, you would never want to stay the same. Right? You didn't work this hard, as Jay said. Y'all didn't work this hard to stay the same. At the mm. same time, you still want to be able to remain true to your principles. He also said people hate when you become more than what they expect. So I know <laughs> this is true. Yeah. <laughs> um, can I want to talk about sort of 
something I think you've done really well, and I think it's taken the brand to a next level, is, is sort of mastering this art of influence. You know, and, and this is really cool because I got to see it sort of level up incrementally. And it starts with Chris Paul walking into an arena with the sweatshirt on. And the next thing you know, um, Diddy, the artist formerly known as P. Diddy, is walking around his house with a sweatshirt <laughs> on. And Wale is wearing it on stage. And Victor Cruz is modeling it. How does that happen? How did you go about getting the product in front of people that sort of elevate it so i'll say so i'll go first and i'll let earl go but mm -hmm. short answer is relationships you know um whenever we go to different scrambles you know or whenever somebody reaches out on instagram or social media i mean they're they're interested in the brand you know it's something that they want to see more of it's something that they want to be a part of you know but then it's like, well, how do we get them a little bit more interested or half of them that want to wear it? And it's mm -hmm. literally being ourselves. You know, mm -hmm. like when we get on the phone with them, we're just like, what's up, bruh? Like, I don't know <laughs> any other golf company. First thing they say is, what's up, bruh? You know, like, it's like, I mean, li but literally it's just, you know, it's just us being ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, it's made the world a difference. I feel golf needs to have more culture in it and and to have people to be themselves instead of you know honestly i feel like you know golf and the corporate world has a has a very similar kind of stance when it comes to i guess corporate but moving forward i mean i've just seen that being yourself pays dividends so that's what's paid dividends for us yeah i mean Girl. i think Credit to Olajuwon. I mean, he's done an unbelievable job of marketing the brand. I do, too, agree with him that, you know, relationships is everything. You know, a lot. Everything that we've done, we've never begged anyone to wear our clothing. You know, we've actually been in meetings with celebrities and like, well, what do you want from us? Like, you don't want him to wear your clothing. And it's like, no, we really don't. Like, if you decide to wear it, we want you to wear it because you want to wear it, right? Like, we don't want to just put it on you. Like, Victor Cruz really likes Eastside. Right. Like he he was wearing it before, you know, we did the photo shoot with him. And again, to Elijah's point, I think those little things, when you get a chance to actually meet us and, and realize that we're just regular people and that we love the game of golf and, you know, we love to go party and we love our family and, you know, mm -hmm. all the common things that, you know, every I'm sure all the people that are tuned in, you know I mean? I'm sure they have the same thing in common with us, you know, where it's like we all have these loves, we all have these different passions. You know, we're just fortunate enough to be able to have a platform um, that we think is um, that we don't take lightly. Um, and it's a sense of responsibility. And I think, you know, as Elijah Wan also said earlier, like, you know, we're only as good as our community. Right. Like we're only as good as the people that buy our clothing and believe in what we're trying to build here. And like I said, the sense of responsibility to not let them down. But who's the person where you've been like, I can't believe that they're wearing this logo that I drew two years ago. Honestly, it's Diddy. <laughs> for me, that, for, that me yeah. for me, it's Diddy. I mean, for somebody to, to, to love culture, to know Tupac, to know Biggie, to know like the ins and outs of the music industry, and to mm. know everybody in it, mm. and, to, and to really, I mean, control culture itself. You know, but now for him wearing it, him seeing it, and him wanting to get out on the golf course, 
Like it, it I mean, it, it speaks volumes. It just says that golf can be cool or not even golf can be cool. The people that 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 want to get in the golf, you know, they're cool. So stay yourself. I mean, mm -hmm. golf isn't I wouldn't say golf is really a cool sport, but it's more about what it can teach you. So it's like stay yourself and accept what golf actually can give you. That's my that's kind of like my stance. So for you, it's you, you're saying it's not a cool sport, but there are they're the right people that can come into it, that can help the sport, uh, that can make the sport bigger, that, that are just outside the sport, that are not just trying to exploit it or make money off of it, but mm -hmm. really trying to enjoy it. I know Good. we want to talk, uh, guys, about kind of growing the game. I, I would assume we want to talk about that. Before we even get into that, I'm interested to know if you think that if you had started this brand as a tennis company or a baseball company or something like that, would it have had the same impact? Or do you think golf was uniquely poised for, for this kind of thing? Honestly, I think, well, <laughs> when I created the brand, it was just for golf because that was the only thing on my mind. I mean, definitely uh, baseball, football, tennis could be something that is infiltrated, you know, with culture, but it's already infiltrated with culture. You know, it's, I mean, they have, Serena Ven Venus, but then they, and then they also have you know CC Zabathia, Albert Pujols, but then the other side they also have you know a, a bunch of people Odell Beckham and shit Lamar Jackson. You know, I mean yeah. these are all people that influence their sports. But as far as golf, we haven't seen and nothing against any of the PGA players, any of the people that are in golf influencers or anything, but we haven't seen anybody that could influence, quote-unquote, not even quote-unquote, like Jeezy or Jay-Z or Diddy to actually play golf or, or Khaled to actually play golf, you mm -hmm. know? And it was, <clears throat> and when it came to them and what I saw similar to every single person that I just named was they love to be themselves within their sport, whether it's sport being music or sport being football, you know? And what I've seen is, just, I mean, shit. <laughs> Be yourself, man. I mean, what I've seen in golf, like nobody is being themselves. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if people really understand that. But like, yo, let that shit out when you hit a bad shot. Like, <laughs> let that shit out. Like, or, or go upon, or go about, you know, just everything that you do as as about yourself. And I just haven't seen that. So you can you can name the professional golfers with a shred of personality on like one hand, male male professional PGA pros. So yeah, yep. that, that that checks out for me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I think too, you know, I think a lot of that has to do with just like the construct, right? Like the process of getting there and understanding that like it's like becoming a member at a club, right? You gotta check all these boxes. But you've narrowed down the field, right? Like if I say, hey, you got to make X amount of money. You have to have, you know, you need to know three current members. Well, that's, you know, that's not going to be a young person, right? Like if you got if you need 50 grand to get into a club and you need to know, you know, members at the club already, it's kind of like, you know, so these are the challenges. And then I think too, you don't, when you, but then when you do get a young person that can maybe, you know, check all those boxes, that is kind of the rare anomaly. 
he has no one in that space to Lajuan's point to allow him to express to be himself, right? And so mm. there's nobody there to be like, no, I know you're different than us, young man, but remain that way. It's kind of like, no, this is the way that we do it. We wear pleated shorts. You buy foot joy. Well, you know, you buy Whoa, white shoes. Those are my you people. Know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now there are people too. <laughs> <laughs> They're good people. No, we actually talked to them the other day. So trust okay, me. Okay, good. Know. Um, but no, it's just one of those things where like it's kind of just those steps, right? And I think it's a large one. It's like time to break the mold, right? So when you know mm -hmm. it's time to really like, okay, you know what? I may not want to wear that type of polo or i may want to wear a loud polo or whatever it may be right like it's just more about saying when he's saying you know be yourself again to that point it's just like and this is again what our company is all about is that it's not necessarily saying being one way it's truly saying you know really asking yourself why like who said that you got to wear a polo shirt on the golf course it doesn't affect your performance he can go out in a hoodie and beat probably most people in a hoodie or a sweatshirt with a, or a t-shirt and you got a polo on, right? Mm -hmm. Now, again, a lot of these rules were created in a sense where because they wanted a certain type and that's really what has happened in the game. They, they created these rules because they wanted a certain type of environment, a certain type of individual it would attract and that's what they've gotten. And so I think we're here with this brand to kind of say, you know, hold on, wait, we actually love the game too. And we don't want to fit into your box, but that doesn't mean that we love the game any more, any less than you. Yeah. Well, I want to talk, I want to talk about that love of the game part. Um, but I also think it's important to define culture first or what you mean by culture, because when you say there's no culture in golf, there, there is, but maybe the absence of culture is the golf culture, right? Like the, the khakis and polos is golf culture. So what, what do you mean, Olajuwon, when you say, you know, we're bringing culture to golf? What is culture to you? Culture to me is uh, hip-hop, honestly. It is a, um, a different way of honestly looking at golf. I mean, I've, I was raised in golf. I wasn't raised at a country club. I mm -hmm. was raised around public golf courses around Atlanta, you know, but I was raised around, you know, guys that successful, you know, entrepreneurs, lawyers, doctors. And these were the guys, black, black people, you know, that were out at the golf course and they were playing golf. And that influenced me upon the way that mm -hmm. said, yo, like, you know, this is what you need to do if you go get a job. This is what you need to do if you go do X, Y, Z, whatever it is, corporate. But I took all of those things and I moved forward and I found out, like, this is what I want to be in life as far as corporate wise. This is what I want to be. I want to be an accountant. You know, I want to I want to go down the CPA route. But the whole thing was you could be, you know, an accountant. You could be a lawyer. You'd be a doctor. But is that what you wanted to be when you were growing up? You know, is that what your childhood dream was? Mm. You know, and a lot of times I see that a lot of the guys that I was out there on the golf course with, this was not their childhood dream to become whatever they were, you know, whatever, if it was a doctor or a lawyer, you know, 
So mm-hmm. to answer your question, um, being from honestly the east side of Atlanta, mm-hmm. you know, um, it has showed that a lot of people from that side of town definitely have a different point of view, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and when I say bringing culture in it, I mean, I would just say involving more people that are just not in the game of golf originally. You know, it it changes the game when you hire people inside of Titleist, inside of maybe Michelob or inside of the PGA Tour itself. And it says, well, not in it says, but when you hire those people, it brings a different aspect of where the brand could go. And mm. when you do that, I mean, it, it shows a different, a whole different landscape of the game. And, where I, and when I say culture, that's exactly what I mean. Mm-hmm. You know, involving a different type of people, involving uh, a different type of companies into the PGA Tour and into, or into golf itself. That right. would actually change the game. And that's what we're missing. Well, I think it's probably an unfair question to me, right? Because anybody from the east side of Atlanta probably believes that culture is east side of Atlanta, right? This like, is true. <laughs> the, east side, uh, the east side of Atlanta, especially if you want to talk hip hop, right? Like mm-hmm. that, that went up to all the way to New York. It went all the way to the West Coast. Mm-hmm. And it's still there today, right? Like... Mm-hmm. From the from the Andre three thousands to whoever the current best rapper in the world is, uh, these things tend to start and trends tend to start in this little neighborhood or or big neighborhood. Yeah, honestly, uh, you know, Gucci Mane, Twenty One Savage, Young Thug, all yes. from all from East Atlanta. Yeah, and so there, I, I I just I mean I haven't spent much time in Atlanta, um, but it just seems like there is this trend setting sort of torch that keeps being passed along wherever you go. So, uh, you know, I'm wondering if this is, um, if that was your definition of culture, but I think I got it. Honestly, it was, when we talk about East Atlanta and where the name of Eastside Golf actually came from is East Atlanta. Mm-hmm. It was more of, I mean, and, and I don't want to speak for like Young Thug or 21 Savage or Gucci Mane, but <laughs> it was more of getting out of where we were from. I mean, I'm right there. I used to, yo, like, I used to see Gucci Mane up at the pilot of Boulder Crest. I used to see Young Thug in high school. Like, we played basketball games against them. He was at the basketball games. Same thing as Rich Homie Quan. He went to high school with, with Young Thug. And then, you know, you go all the way down the line with, shit crime mob same thing that went to my high school but all of these people had something to prove they were never invited into the section or into the environment that they were in to where everybody knew who they was it was always they had to fight their way through break their way through and then make their make their statement or make their stance on wherever wherever they were at and and saying that east atlanta was the reason that they were there you know i mean i feel like me doing that in golf, it's, it's had the same type of influence. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's literally, I treated, I'm going to be honest, I treated the golf world like they did hip hop. Mm-hmm. That's all I did. I mean, and I infiltrated it. I went full on, this is how I think it should look, you know, and it's paid, like I said, dividends since then. 
Is that why I, you know, I sense a, you know, these undertones of competitiveness with you, both you and Earl, like in this space, in everything you do, in in the product, in the marketing, in just the way you live your life, like there's this sort of edge to it, like you have something to prove or someone to to beat, or do you know what I mean? There's this that 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 like sort of hip hop chip on on the shoulder. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I, I know exactly what you mean. I mean, I've told Earl, you know, ever since I started the company, I have a big chip on my shoulder. You know, it's it's not something that, you know, is shown or said or but it's more something that it drives the entire company. His chip, you know, Earl's Earl, Earl's chip, my chip. It says that. We don't want to settle for just being, you know, what you guys have seen. You know, what the whole entire golf world has seen, whatever we do, it's it's we want it to be different, whether it's a Jordan shoe, whether it's a party, whether it's Complex Con or whether it's, you know, some collab that we have coming up. It always has to be different and it always has to be different than what has been shown in the golf world. We Mm -hmm. always want to make sure of that because that's the only way to make the game grow. And that's the only way to get people that like me, you know, I know people like me, hey, like in East Atlanta that don't even like golf, but they're just like me, mm-hmm. you know. So it's just about pushing the envelope and stepping outside your lane and being true to yourself through golf all the way. So how does one exactly go about uh, doing a Jordan collab? Do they pitch? Do you do you approach them? Does do you have to get approval from the old man? Like, can you can you take me through that? Because I'm not. This is, you know, for the record, this is the first golf shoe brand collab that they've ever done. Yeah. Um, you know, they've had guest designers in their uh, in their sneakers do, you know, sort of one offs. But um, and even Virgil, rest his soul, like he never yeah. got to touch a a golf shoe. Yeah, and I I wanted to talk to, about him at the end, but maybe you you sort of wrap it into this. Um, can you take me through the process of how that developed and sort of, you know, what your emotions were? Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, like he said, I think one, the whole Jordan situation was a dream come true. Olajuwon, I think, always wanted to work with Jordan and maybe always knew he was going to work with Jordan, right? And so I think it, it, it came about through, as we said earlier, just kind of with relationships you know, we were able to kind of meet Chris Paul and he introduced us to a VP over there. And then we ended up getting an opportunity to um, actually, you know, talk to MJ. And, you know, I'll never forget that conversation just because of, you know, he's like, you two have two amazing stories. We tell the best stories that we sign them yet. And it's like from that moment on, like our lives have changed. And it, it was a quick it was a quicker route than traditional. But. I think more than anything, we, it's almost like, I'll be honest with you, the Jordan brand gave us a sponsor's exemption and we won the tournament, right? So some may say, you know, man, y'all came out of left field, it came fast, and you're like, okay, sure. But, you know, we were given an opportunity and Mm. we dominated the sneaker culture, you know, at least for a solid 48 hours and, you know, they're still in high demand, so... Yeah. They are. And I and I guess I'll just add on to that. Um, 
when you were talking about uh, just getting the yes from the big man, MJ. Yes. You know, I mean, yeah. I sat down with him. I, so after we got the collab, the shoe hadn't came out yet, but I, I sat, we went to the Grove. You know, Earl went in and he meted him, greeted him, saw everybody around him. He said a couple of words and, um, and but he knows exactly who we are. He loves our company. Um, uh, the next day after Earl left the Grove, I was still there. I was practicing and I came in after a long day of practice and he was sitting there. He was like, yo, bro, I see you. I see you working, you know, and me and him sat down for about an hour about Eastside golf talked about golf talked about a little bit of basketball but really talked about how golf could infiltrate life how it could infiltrate the economy you know how it can really have an impact and change people's lives if they could take advantage of the game of golf and that's mm -hmm. when i knew yo like he really loves golf and he's yeah. been loving it for a very long time and He's just trying to, I mean, I know he wants to see more NBA rookies in the game of golf, but, you know, he's just really trying to get the game of golf out there to where it can make an impact on everybody. That's, and that's his goal. Why the rookie? Why? I mean, why? Well, well, shit, that's what he was doing. Oh, you I know, see. I mean, yeah, like, I mean, to have the biggest impact, just imagine, yo, MJ started playing golf when he was a rookie. I mean, well, what other rookies right now are actually playing golf? Yeah. You know, whether rookies are actually taking, this, taking the same path as MJ took. Mm. You yeah, were you guys, sorry, can I, real quick, yeah. were you guys uh, starstruck when you, when you met MJ or did you walk in there and know that what you had was, you know, the real deal and, and you kind of were, were proud of it and like excited to meet him? Or I guess maybe a combo of both. Well, I, I mean, I guess I'll go first. I was... I would say I was starstruck, but mm, I wasn't nervous at all because he loved the brand. We had talked to him. We had talked with him before, and it was more of I wanted him to feel comfortable with me. You know, I wanted him to see who he was actually collabing with. And once he saw that, he felt comfortable with me and he liked me. I was good with that. And they bumped the more, you know, East Side Golf and the. If he liked me and he bought from me and everybody at the table that I explained Eastside Golf to, they were just like, yo, like, I love your brand. It makes perfect sense around MJ. And then he, he agreed. I mean, that, that, was, that was good with me. Uh, it's, it's interesting because I think a lot of the times he comes off as maybe disconnected or aloof. Mm -hmm. I, th I thought that the last dance did a, lot of, uh, did a good job sort of debunking that in places mm -hmm. um but the fact that he's thinking about golf as as a way to you know close the wealth gap or as a tool is interesting you know i you hear the stories of him spending big money and playing on his private golf course and stuff you don't get the sense that he thinks in those ways for sure but it's 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 more of what is golf, you know. It's more of it, it, it's not as much as you know. What are you you know gambling? You know what are you spending? It's more of what does golf mean to you? You know what do you see golf as being used for? You know what do you learn from golf? I and mean, even me and him talked about you know metaphors 
when it came to golf. You know, I mean, it's, I mean, we're, we're, uh, shit. If I was to take a metaphor as far as, um, we didn't, me and him didn't talk about this metaphor, but as far as you, you, you want to do business with a guy and you're playing golf with him, he hits it out to the right, it's near out of bounds, you hit yours down the middle of the fairway, he goes over there to look for his ball, and then you walk over there to look for his ball, you don't see it, you walk back to your ball, you hit it, all of a sudden, he yells out, oh, found it. Yes. But then you saw his ball out of bounds. You mm-hmm. get back over there, it's inbounds. Would you do business with him? If he's willing to cut corners, this isn't for any money. This isn't for, you know, during a round of golf, like anything serious. But if he's willing to cut corners on something as small as a simple round of golf, what else is he willing to cut corners on when it comes to business? Mm. You know, these are the little you know, uh, metaphors or analogies that, you know, we see all the time that we see where people can use golf and use it in everyday life, whether it comes to planning, hard work, perseverance, it doesn't matter. I mean, definitely golf can be used to further yourself in life itself. Before we open it up for questions, um, I have really one or two questions left and it's about another, uh, you know, icon that we just lost recently, and you had a chance to to meet him and spend some time around him. But w- what did Lee Elder mean to you both? And did you what did you take away from any conversations or or that time that you met him? Well, yeah. go ahead, bro. I'll let you go. Yeah, and no, I think I mean Lee Elder is um, he is a legend. I think you know for me. I've had a chance to meet Lee several times. I met him when I was young, like 13 or 14 years old, and I was at the um, the first tea ceremony at Augusta. And, you know, it was bittersweet, you know, during the moment, you know, and the part that really just pained me the most um, was one, I mean, I guess I'll start with this. Lee's character and who he is as an individual and to go through what he went through and to still have that much joy is amazing um, mm. because there's a man that, you know, he didn't get, he didn't play in the masses until he was 40 years old, but he was dominating the UGA and these other tours and he just didn't get an opportunity to play in the prime and simply because of the color of his skin, you know, I think, and he won on the tour. He won on the senior tour. Like, this guy won in Japan. He won in, you know, I think it was Nigerian Open as well. And so I think too often that's the storyline, right, where, you know, you're not getting an opportunity to play in your prime. Right. Um, and I think for me, it's just we got a long way to go in this sport. And even when I look at, like, the growth of golf right now, that isn't – one's company doing that isn't anyone at the c-suite of any of these companies right you you know i won't name these companies but it wasn't like they all got together and figured out okay we're gonna grow the sport they all have been trying to but you know credit michael jordan and the last dance documentary you know unfortunately the thing you know COVID was ugly it affected a lot of people and we're still kind of going through that process but off just took off and so I think, again, it just needs to be an awakening, right? Like, it needs to really 
you know, take advantage of this moment and sit back and really reflect and say, you know, listen, golf is doing well and it's not doing well because we got these rock star players or we got these rock star leadership. I think everyone needs to just say, hey, you know, what can we do different to welcome and create an environment where all of these new people that are here, they want to stay and remain. Mm. Yeah, that's an interesting point. It, it's not, it wasn't some programming that, uh, you know, created this golf explosion last year. It was a, it was a tragic, you know, pandemic. Yeah, sure. Uh, it was sure. A, elimination of all other options. Um, Correct. And but so, I think, sorry, Casey, can I just jump in real quick? Cause Earl, you mentioned you growing up, you started in golf in an inner city golf program. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, there's phrases, the, the grow the game phrases are all overused and everywhere. Do you think things like that are still working? And, and I guess larger point, do you think that there's a better way to do those types of things? And have you guys thought about that at all? Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, I think we you know we're implementing that strategy as we speak. Um, I think junior golf is extremely important. There's opportunities out there, um, but we really want to focus on young professionals because it's took an evolving parent. Like you take any inner city youth community, any kid, and you give him golf clubs, give him the best equipment, the best golf balls and clothes. He still got to figure out how to get there. And then when we get there, is he going to be welcome? Right. What type of environment is he going to be? In? Is he, is he going to be the only kid there? Right. And so I think these are all of the different things and challenges that are within golf. And I really think back over COVID, right? Like this game is great, but it's fighting so many uphill stereotypes. Like I'm sure even the listeners, right? Like they tried to, you know, spouse to play. It's like, yo, it's like, no, that game isn't for me. And it's just like, well, who said, like, who came up with these rules? And so I think, again, you know, that's what our brand is here to do to kind of really just challenge the status quo, challenge these stereotypes. But, you know, it's no knock on junior golf because we're here because of that. But I think we're also here because an evolved parent or an evolved adult really, really took the time to make sure that we got to these events, got to these tournaments, had something to eat and felt comfortable being a kid amongst adults while you're out on these golf course. Mm. And just to add, like, young professionals being something we targeted, um, I mean, when young professionals see the dividends that it pays as far as networking, as far as just being out on the golf course, and there's so many people that do what you do as far as maybe sales, finance, accounting, government, you know, whatever that may be, there's so many people out on the golf course that you can network with. and build and and maybe progress yourself catapult yourself into another job you know so definitely making the young professionals or letting the young professionals see the the positives from it and the things that you could get from it but then passing that along to their children how would they use the game and progress themselves and network and use you know, the morals that they learn from the game. And I feel like golf can take a lot of people there and take a lot of people that have been grown in the game that are, you know, professionals to the next level. And that's what we're trying to do. I guess my question is after, you know, 55 minutes of this, with all these, you know, perceived boxes that the sport wants to put you in and the lack of culture and all the things we discussed, why, why do you love the game? I so I'll go first. I love the game 
because of how <laughs> how um, almost how perfect you have to be, but you can never be perfect. Mm. So it's mm. like, how good can you be at something that requires you to be perfect? A lot of things require you to be perfect. They don't require it, but they require you to be exceptionally good. Yeah. And now that I'm exceptionally good at golf, you know, exceptionally understand the sport, yeah. it helps me in so many different avenues, you know, just as far as patience, you know, perseverance, hard work, sportsmanship. You know, these are things that I learned from the actual game. And that's and this is why I respect it. You know, I mean, it's this is why I love the game. I want to take I want to take those things and those morals and values and take it back to East Atlanta, you know, and and give them the things that I've learned and and have them to progress in these same exact ways so they can get further. I love the game. I think Mike said it the best because and to be Michael Jordan um, <laughs> during his interview with Steph Curry, it said, you know, it's like playing in a mirror. Right. And so mm. you challenging you. To me, golf is like, and I love it, it's like entrepreneurship, right? Where it's like, it's all on you, right? Like you, you want to do something, you got to go work at it. And, you know, there's no such thing as a perfect business man or a perfect business decision, right? You're going to have ups and downs. You're going to have highs. You're going to have lows. And so, you know, I think to me, business and entrepreneurship kind of really go aligned with golf. And I still feel that like, and then I would also say, like, golf to me, I also look at it like as it unlocks doors and keys that I could have experiences that I feel like I may have never been able to experience if it wasn't for this game. And mm. so it's just so many things that it's, it's so hard to, to define or put it in one sentence. But it's just that element of all of those things kind of in one. Um, and you can play it for a lifetime. So it's a, I mean, clearly we love the game and, and, and want to get more and more people involved in it and really I think I'll say I'll end it with this I love the game of golf because of what you've heard between me and Elijah Juan where we have defined it ourselves and that's what I felt like it's missing like folks need to go out and define the game for themselves and if you don't like it okay cool but I guarantee you you know majority of people will like it and I think that's kind of what happened with COVID like folks went out there and define the game for themselves. There we go. Do you want to take a question before you leave? Yeah, we're here. We're not going nowhere. Love that. For sure. Right. I'm going to call up Expert Ninja. Expert Ninja? Uh, Michael Butler. I'm, I live in Austin, Texas. I had a question. I was listening to the Complex Sneakers podcast this past week um, where they had Gentry on, and he actually... Uh, mentioned y'all and so I was wondering if y'all could you know personally tell your side of that story with with the um, you know being able to um, you know work with and talk to uh, such a big name in like the sneaker game that Gentry is sure yeah no it was yeah yeah. so this is Elijah Wanajanaku good question founder Um, no it was where can I start? It was a great experience. I mean, being myself and that being enough, I mean, that was empowering. Um, but also, 
I've in uh, and, and something I haven't said, I've been in the sneakers since I was a little kid, mm-hmm. you know, and I've actually been designing sneakers since shit, since I was seven, eight years old. But it was mm-hmm. something I've always done on the side. You know, I've 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 always been into fashion, I've always designed clothes, I've always designed, I mean, logos, you know, but I always did it for like a a hobby. But then when I got here and I started doing it for my company, I had, I felt like I had so much experience because I've been doing this for so long that, I mean, honestly, Nike, uh, Nike offered me a job, you know, because what? I've been doing it for so long, you know, and they were just like, yo, like, what are you doing? Like, do you want to come work for us? You know, I see what you're doing. I see the designs. I see the, I mean, and, and to put it into context, the shooter we came out with, the four, mm-hmm. um, I came up with about seven or eight designs. And then, the, and then Gentry, Humphrey, came up with about seven or eight designs. And that design was the one design that we actually had both on our, on our sheet. It was the only design that was the same. Mm. You know? And so, and, and, and the, there was a few tweaks in there, like the cement. There were dark blue speckles speckles instead of black speckles mm-hmm. you know and then uh and then on top of that the logo was on the tongue those were the only two changes you know but he saw it he was just like yo that is dope and you know standing on what i believe in and standing on what i feel looks great and and saying to them this will sell and being confident in my stance that's what got us to where we are you know really believing we I mean, we're signed to CAA, honestly, as well. And we had talks about CAA being involved in our Jordan deal. And, you know, we were just like, well, you know, do we need them yet? Do we need this? Do we need that? And we were just trying to figure it out. But we were just like, no, let's go ahead and take it. Let's stand on our principles. Let's stand on what we believe in. And me and Earl got the deal done. So do you even want to be a professional golfer anymore? Because you, you have oh, a business and Nike wants to hire you. So what's going on? Oh, definitely. So, I mean, I just, like I said, I just played yesterday in a little skins game at this tough golf course out here in Georgia. Um, and, I mean, what I, play against, I, I play against professional golfers all the time. This what is, course was it? Uh, Georgia National. Okay. We have some yeah, people that might want to know. So there you go. Yeah, Georgia National. It's about seventy three hundred yards. I shot sixty eight. You something know, like. um, yeah, something like. But uh, no, nah, it's that. That's that's why I started the company because I felt like I I felt like I had what it took to actually go out there and compete against Dustin Johnson or Roy McIlroy or Tiger Woods. I felt like I, I feel like I have what it takes, but you know. Only so many few people are going to give you that chance. So it's just like, well, fuck it. Why not make my own chance? Mm-hmm. Why not make my own lane? Why not give myself an opportunity to put it out there for everybody to see and to show everybody that not only am I a great businessman, but I'm a great golfer as well. So, Well, uh, do you have any qualifying plans coming up or do we have to settle the business aspect first and and get that rolling before you throw your name in the hat again. <laughs> so actually, we're hiring for uh, our, a marketing person 
you know, a uh, e-commerce person and a design person. You know, um, okay. those are all the I mean, those are a few of the positions that we're hiring for. Um, once we get those, because that's that, I mean, I do all the design, all the marketing for the company. Um, and I work a little bit on e-commerce as well. But that's I mean, that's what I do. Once we get that replaced, then I can focus on golf. You know, it's I wouldn't say that I'm, you know, really focusing or trying to be CEO, president of a brand, period, because that's not what I'm trying to do. I built this brand to honestly move away from it, build something that could influence the culture, could influence me, myself, but then also pay for myself to play golf. So That's very cool. And really glad that you haven't lost sight of that throughout the process. So nah, that's never. That's exciting. I'm 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 ready to I'm ready to play. Okay. Well, <laughs> I would love to go to the Grove. So okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'll throw you, him, I think we got to force him right here for that. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. So I will be in Florida over Christmas, and uh, I'll okay. Let you know. um, okay. Cool. No, but uh, gentlemen, it's uh, I'm running up against the clock here. So, but thank you um, for coming on and sharing a little bit of your story. We do have a classified section in. Uh, the Discord server, if you want to drop any links to those jobs, just saying. Um, and uh, otherwise, uh, I hope to see you back in here, back out on the road. Um, and I can't wait to see what, what the next evolution of, of Eastside brings. So thank you.